0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. And thank you for joining us here on the Up Your Brave show with Natalie cutler Welsh on Reality Check Radio. Next, I'm going to be speaking with the amazing Gaylene Adams-Love. She is a business leadership coach, a relationship coach, high-performance team coach, author, and double world record Firewalker. Oh my goodness, we're going to be talking about better together in business and love. Welcome to the show, Gaylene. Thanks so much, Nat. It's a great opportunity to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you. Well, it's great to see you. You know, you and I haven't seen each other in many years, but I know our um, paths have crossed over the years. For those of you that haven't uh, crossed paths with Gaylene before, Gaylene Adams' love, is the founding director of team fusion international limited she's a people expert high performance team coach personality profiling specialist with more than 25 years experience working with smes which is small to medium-sized enterprises corporates and government agencies Gayleen is an accomplished author and authority on team performance and personality profiling a business mentor and coach to award-winning businesses as an authority on teams, she will help you understand your team's personalities, the dynamics and relationships, and how to get people working better together. Ooh, I'm so excited to hear all about that. Um, before we dive in, I'd love to know, how did you get into this realm of helping people uh, to be better together?
0: Well, it's a long journey, as everybody's journey usually is. It started in childhood. I was involved in scouting and guiding. And as a scout, I was the only youth representative on adult committees. So I represented all of the young people. And I sat in meetings with these really old people. You know, they were at least 25. And they had grey hair, And they made decisions and they would always turn to me and say, What do you think the young people would like? You know, would they like this? Would they not? So that was one track that led me through into what I do today. But secondly, when I started my career as a 15 year old florist, I worked in a really high performing small business. And in floristry, yes, you get to craft the flowers, but you're also in retail sales. And you never knew on any given day who was going to come through the door or who was going to call you and put in an order for flowers. So in floristry, you see the best of people's lives. You see all the celebrations, the weddings, the anniversaries, the babies being born. But you also see the worst of life, all the tragedies. There are flowers involved. And so you never knew who was going to come through the door and what the day was going to look like. So that taught me about reading people and developing empathy, which is incredibly useful in sales. So I learned not just about business, but I learned about people and reading people. And then when I left that role as a, a senior florist at the age of 17, I went and worked for an international humanitarian organization. So definitely not a commercial organization, uh, but that was had a really strong purpose And so we had a very clear idea of why we were there, who we were there to serve. Um, So I had experience in both organizations, a very strong leadership, great communication, incredible teamwork, really good purpose, and making a meaningful difference. So then when I left there after five years, I went out into the real world. And I got a massive culture shock Mm. because I discovered that not every organization operated with good leadership, good management, clear communication, clear purpose. Um, And also when I worked for Red Cross, the humanitarian organization, I was exposed to personality profiling. And I thought, man, these people have the best jobs in the world. They're coming into organizations. They're helping people learn about each other. They're helping people communicate better together and um, and I just went, wow, that is so cool and it really lit a fire in me to learn more about people and to make more sense of people and um, that's, yeah, you know, in my early very early 20s I was exposed to that and it's just developed into a lifelong passion.
1: That's so cool about the, the florist shop. You know, it's almost like a metaphor for life. It's like sometimes you've got all the highs and the joys, and that's what we do on social media, show the highs, but also show, sometimes sharing the lows. Um, so recently, with your backstory, recently I noticed that you've changed your name mm-hmm. uh, because you, you, I think, used to be Gaylene Adams Wood, and now you're Galen Adams
0: Love. Is that a, a, what's that about? What's that about? So uh, about 10 years ago, I divorced. And that that was my, Adams Ward was my married name. And I held on to that name mostly because everybody in my career knew me as that. And I thought, oh, it would be too hard to change. And I don't really want to. I saw it as my stage name, my professional name. My current partner doesn't like it. And he kept saying to me, Mm. will you please change your name? Will you change your name? And I was like, "No, it's my professional name. It's my name. I get to choose what it is." So recently, he came to me and he said, "I've been thinking about you." And I and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is this is unusual." And then uh, he said to me, "I've been thinking about your name, and I think that the wood is a block." And I went, "Whoa, that's really deep." He, so he's telling me it's a block of wood, and he said, "I'm asking you again." Will you change your name? So I went into this kind of mental spiral. How dare he? Blah, blah, blah. Yep. You know how we get into the drama. It's my name. I can choose whatever I want. Don't and tell me what to do. Yeah, that's it. And it wasn't like he was demanding it. It was he was just saying, look, I'm really, I'm I'm observing what's happening. And I just wonder if it's aligned to who you really are and who you sh- how you show up in the world. So that really got wow, me. Wow, what a cool guy to say those words. Uh-huh. Now he doesn't often say a lot that's super cool like that, but when he does, I know no, I, I know to really listen mm-hmm. to what he's saying. So I was playing my own mental gymnastics, but there was enough or oh, enough truth in it for me to say, well, what if? So then I kind of went, Well, do I go back to my maiden name? No, didn't want to do that. Well, what do I change it to? What if I could just substitute? the wood for something else and so then when I headed down that track I was like well this is a no-brainer everything I do is to create more love in the world so why not choose that name and just recently I was changing my name on a utilities bill and the customer service woman that I was talking to was just like that is so cool that is so cool that you've chosen love as your name and she was so excited and it's not about other people's permission i actually don't care if anybody likes it or hates it it resonates with me and it's a it's a new chapter stepping into a new era in my life and saying i'm choosing how i want things to be so i love that i'm all, i am all about empowered choices and i
1: was going to ask you if it was a marriage thing and then i thought no i'll just let you tell the story cuz i didn't want to put my foot in it but um Interesting about your initial resistance. And I know it's interesting, right? How we feel like, no, people know me as this. And I'm not really sure. Uh, You know, like even me, when I started doing this show and my husband and I, many people know, are on very different sides of the fence on all all the issues. And I was like, I can easily drop the cutler. Like, no problem. If I just go back to my maiden name, which is Natalie Welsh. He's like, no, that's fine. Um, but it's interesting how our name and what we associate. Well, people know me as this, so I really need to stick to it. Uh, but it's like you need to feel good about your name. You need to feel empowered about it. So that's cool. Well, gl- glad to have you on the show, Gaylene Adams-Love.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's talk about your your book, because I know you've got this um, new book called Better Together. And I would love to know what that's about. I don't know a lot about it. I know you've sent me the ebook, which I have yet to read, um, but tell me what's it about? Who's it for? And
0: what, it, what are you aiming to, how are you aiming to impact the world with it? So that's a great question. Uh, so it is about combining business and love. So it's it's for anybody in business. It's for anyone in a leadership position it could be for people who are, are in a relationship and in business together but all of the principles all the majority of the principles also apply if you have two business partners so it's a business a book about business primarily but also how do you how do you involve more love into your day-to-day business activities and we're talking healthy love not predatory not you know sexual love platonic love into what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and how can you rebalance your life a lot of business owners have their entire business as their focus and in fact there's a chapter in the book called is your business your mistress and it's about recognizing, is your business such an obsession that you're ignoring the people that are most important to you? Um, and then you're not ignoring them because you don't care for them. It's because you see the vehicle as the means to give you, give them everything that you think they want, but actually they want your time. They want your focus. They want your attention. So that's what the book is about. It's about rebalancing things and getting your business working better having your team working better together. And if you've got a leadership team or a partnership um, and or a relationship in connection with your business, then all of the principles still apply. Interesting. I had a chat with a friend a few
1: weeks back and she was saying exactly that around, you know, her husband, she didn't say he's married to the business, but basically she's like, we have these holidays we want to go on and these things we want to do while the kids are young, but like, he just can't get away. Because I imagine if you have staff and you're, of course, you're responsible for so many families, it's like really hard to turn off from work or to trust other people. Um, Do you talk in your book about that, about delegation
0: and and trusting other people to perform when you're away? Everything is about trust and business. Everything. So it's, It's an underlying that runs all the way through the business. And absolutely, it's not just about do you trust the people? It's about do you have the systems and the processes Mm -hmm. set up? Are you you inspiring them? Are you empowering them? And are they really engaged in your business so that you can trust them? So absolutely, it runs all the way through. I love to give my audience practical tips. So if I can put
1: you on the spot here and can you provide for us, if someone is in the audience listening and they've got a team or they're in partnership with their partner in business, what are one or two kind of actionable things or tips that you can share right now today that they can possibly
0: apply? Mm. So this starts right back at recruitment. Make sure every single person, including you, has a job description. Because if you don't have a job description, there's no boundaries around what are you doing here today. So, you know, often I get phone calls from people saying, can you just help me get rid of so-and-so? And often it comes down to they've hired this person, but they, the business owner didn't put the parameters in place. So there's no real boundaries. So then the person doesn't know what to do to excel. They don't know that they're secretly being measured on things. And then they're falling short because they didn't even know that that was the thing that they really needed to be focusing on. So position descriptions, you need one before you start recruiting for a role, and you need to make it a living, working document so that people are very clear about what's required of them. And then you also need to have clear parameters about what are they meant to be focusing on, how they're being measured, what does success look like? And a structure that says, if you're not meeting the mark, what are we going to do about this? Because every time you point a finger outwards, there's three coming back to you. So always, if a a leader is complaining about a team member, the question I ask is, what have you done to contribute to this outcome? Once you address where the gaps are there, If the performance is still not at the level that you want it to be, that's a different conversation. But firstly, you have to lay the foundation so that that person can succeed. And then you measure and monitor once they're very clear on what is required of them. Yeah, so, so important. And it's kind of a basic foundational thing. But I think
1: especially if a company is growing at a really quick pace, sometimes it's like we need more people to do this and that. And you don't set those basics in place, it can be a problem. Interesting. When you were talking about complaining, you know, I always think, you know, anything naming, shaming, blaming, or complaining are indicators that you're in what I call the should zone where you're like, they should do this. They should do that. Right. It's that finger pointing you talked about, but it's a great time to go. Oh, okay. I just said the S word. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a disempowered state. How can we empower that person? Oh, that's right. We haven't actually done the job description or we haven't revisited it in two years or what I imagine does that happen quite often that there is one but it's dated yes definitely
0: um and look it doesn't matter whether it's dated or you just you're winging it putting the words on the page means that everybody's got something to focus on and in in my own business we take it a next level and with our clients we've got a profiling tool that allows us to profile the job So it gives us a personality result that says for this, uh, this role, the ideal personality profile would be X. And then when you're recruiting, you can do a match when you profile the people to see, do they can, you know, do they match with what we said our ideal personality profile was? And even if you've already got an existing team, get those position descriptions in place and then profile from that, you'll see, have you got the ideal fit or are there some things that you need to actively manage to ensure that that person can perform at the right level? So it's not, you know, if you've got an existing team and then you profile the role and find that the person isn't a match, it's not about getting rid of them. It's about understanding where the gaps are so that you can mitigate that. Um, And sometimes it could be you rejig the position descriptions or you delegate the responsibility for a certain function to somebody else who's naturally good at that Mm -hmm. Area, but the responsibility for the completion of it still lies with the person with that task in their position description they're just outsourcing that particular task so it gives you clarity and it allows it, it actually makes people feel a lot more empowered and when they know exactly what they expect what's expected of them it, they get more engaged in it so it's it's powerful a single simple thing like a position description job description can can lift the performance of everybody in the team if everybody has one, and the business owners will often have a position description for everybody else except themselves. So, you've got to walk the talk. You've got to be accountable for certain things, and by writing it down, is a way to, way to achieve that. And I imagine people
1: that are in those those higher roles themselves, maybe it's their business their role will evolve over time and sometimes will navigate away from what they love doing. Is that true? So that it's like, suddenly they're, maybe they don't, they love, they're an ideas person, but now they're just busy doing all the managerial stuff that, so do, do they have to rewrite their own job description as well?
0: Well, again, what's really amazing about the tool that we use contribution compass, it tells you the two other people you must have around you to perform at your best. So in a small business, there might only be three or four people, but for the business owner, you have to make sure that the two additional vital people are part of the four. So yes. And then as the business grows, the responsibilities do change. And we all know, you know, there's the 10 hats, or I think it is the 10 hats of business, and when you've got a very small business, you're wearing so many of those hats. But again, if you're clear about all the things that you're doing, then you can start saying, "Well, I can ring fence that piece and hire somebody. Mm-hmm. It could be an out and you know an an outworker outsourced, or it could be a part timer that just does that ten hours worth of work." Um, in my own business, when I used to run a property, I used to own and run a property development company, and. I used to spend all day on Saturday looking out the window thinking, I wish I was outside playing in the sunshine. And instead I was doing all the invoicing. And I kid you not, it took me eight hours to do it. And eventually I went, this is ridiculous. I hired a student from the local (laughs) university. And on her first day after two hours, she came into my office and said, I finished. And I said, you can't have finished. It takes me all day. And she said, well, I have. So I was like, this can't be right, show me. And she had done everything perfectly because it was what was natural for her. Yeah. It was her jam and she, yeah, she just flew through the work. So I think I paid her for a full day the first day. And then you because, can go and play in the
1: sun. It's perfect.
0: And then I went I had my Saturdays in the sunshine and she did the work in half a day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was a real eye opener to me about having the right person doing the job. Um, because, yeah, clearly it was taking me way longer and I didn't enjoy it. And it probably wasn't as good as the work that she did in a quarter
1: of the time. Yeah. Well, playing to your strengths, being in your zone of genius or area of genius, as we sometimes call it, is so key. Tell us more about this profiling tool. So did you develop it
0: yourself? No, not at all. So that's, again, part of what I do and my own profile is... I'm not the best person to start things from scratch, but what I do do is I look around the world for the best that I can find, and then I implement that into my business. And I know that I'm not the best person to do things from scratch. So I partner with Contribution Compass, and um, they have an amazing network of people around the world. It's a very powerful tool. It's simple and easy to understand, and everybody from the cleaner to the CEO, can understand what it means for
1: them to have this profile. So, yeah, I love it. Very cool. I do love uh, profiling tools and I'll just highlight because sometimes people get a little bit, um, they get a little resistant to it. I I just want to highlight, and this is, you can comment on it too. I feel like those profiling tools, they're such a great resource. It's not, we're not putting anyone in a box or putting a label on anyone. What we're doing is to, in my words, understand each other better so that we can all like play to our strengths and work together, you know, for the best outcome. What are your thoughts on that? Do you get people getting resistant about putting them in a box?
0: There is a certain personality type that hates being put in a box yeah, and they will usually resist. So when we do a whole team and then we run the team day, there will always be one or two people that they don't want to be put in a box. But on the whole, and you're absolutely right, it's not about putting somebody into a box. It's about saying this is what's fantastic about you and this is what we need from you and this is what you do better than anybody else on the team and we want you to spend more of your time doing that. Yeah. And when you have every single person in a team understanding what is the value that they're bringing to the organization and the contribution they're making and how that person is leveraging someone else and how someone else is leveraging them, um, that it just it, this was exactly what happened to me in my early 20s. Um, and, yeah, it's such a privilege to work with teams, whether it's a senior leadership team, whether it's, say, a marketing team or a whole business. Um, the insights that come and the respect that comes for each other, mm-hmm. the communication, the understanding, it's a shared language because now you can say, Oh, you're such a champion or oh, you're such a catalyst and yeah. I get it, you know, you've got this shortcutted language that says, Oh yeah, that's right. I can't expect you to be the same as me mm-hmm. because we're not the same profile. But you you know, I I, I I just um I I respect what you bring to the table because that's something that I just don't even understand or I I'm not good at that and I or I don't ever want to be doing what you're doing but you're really good at it. Yeah, and it
1: kind of it doesn't dissolve the hierarchy as such but it kind of I think helps people to treat each other equal but not the same with like just appreciating different traits rather than oh you're the CEO and I'm just a you know Mm-hmm. admin assistant or whatever it is. It's, I think it's really cool. Hey, I'd love to ask you about, I know you talk about how there's only two states, love yeah. and fear. Yeah. What yeah. do you mean by that?
0: Well, so we would naturally think that the opposite of love is hate, right? That's a quite a common thing. So, but my belief system is that love is it encum- encompasses empowerment. It encompasses optimism, positive belief positive self image it's it's the the best of joy happiness delightfulness wonder so that's the love side the fear side is all the disempowering so grief guilt shame um unworthiness fear disempowerment so We can't bring the best of ourselves if that's how we're spending our time and energy, but we can bring the best of ourselves if we see ourselves as worthy and we see ourselves as deserving and we give of our natural gifts. So I always think, well, which one would I rather be? where would i rather live life from and for me it's a no-brainer to choose love over the disempowering fear state but we're all human we all spend certain amounts of time there we can get triggered by somebody making one simple comment we can get triggered by Oh, my gosh! I didn't get paid that in you know for that invoice that I was expecting, and now how am I going to pay the bills feed my family, pay the g s t or whatever So there's a lot of reasons for us to get triggered, and a lot of it comes back from our childhood um so that positive mindset the the love state is where you can be far more effective in the world where things just seem to happen. Uh, naturally, it's easy, and, and it's a, it really aligns with the contribution compass profiles mm. because it's saying, well, this is where I bring the best of me. So the best of me is, in my opinion, a love state, not a fear state. Mm.
1: And when we're doing what we're good at, rather than trying to be a great all rounder and amazing at other and focusing on our weaknesses. So, when we're in our zone of genius,
0: doing our strengths,
1: we're more likely to be in a a zone of love anyway. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's so much easier when you're, we call it being in flow. Mm -hmm. Time just disappears. You can achieve so much more than when you're struggling through something. Who doesn't want to be in that position? A question for our
1: audience. Just make a mental note to yourself or if you feel called, you can send us a text and let us know on 2057 on the text or inbox at realitycheck.radio. What would you do at work? You know, what is, what is something that you are in your flow as Gaylene calls it or in your area of genius? What do you, what is what would you just love to be doing at work? And I'm not talking about a job title. I'm just like what are some of the like tasks or projects or things you'd love to do? For me, talking, interviewing people, total happy place, right? So if someone said, Nat, you need to do like an analysis and write a report, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> please don't make me. Um so yeah, what does that look like to you guys? I'd love to know or at least make sure that you know because sometimes we just go through life. We don't even ask these questions.
0: Mm, absolutely. So you are asking me what's my happy place? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I'm asking yes. our audience and I'm also Here asking I- you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So for me, the happy place is where I can say something that allows the other person or gives them permission to tap into their happy place. So whatever, if it's their why, their purpose in life, whether it's understanding themselves better, if it's about create, um, bridging bridging maybe conflict or a miscommunication and having people be able to see the other person's view Um Sometimes I coach male business owners, especially, where from what they're telling me, I know their wife is plotting when she will leave. And wow. women, yeah, it's, um women will tend to think ahead, they'll stay in a situation for a period of time until, if they have children, it's usually until the youngest child has gone to school or the, the youngest child has reached a certain milestone in their schooling. And then they feel that, oh, now it would be okay if I left. And the men will tell me things and my little alarm bells start going off because they often will think, oh, you know, yeah, well, we have some problems. Everybody has a few problems. but. I think my marriage is okay, but they don't really know. And uh, they're just busy going to work, being a really good provider, but they're missing some critical information. So if I can help them to to do some simple little things that will show her that while they're building their business, that she's really special. Mm. Um, and it's sometimes, you know, it's, it, it, I, I can often have a conversation with, well, what happens when you step through the door? In the evening you know at the end of the day what do you do and it's often I talk to the children I pet the dog I you know I play with the cat I do whatever oh and 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 I say and when do you talk to your wife oh well yeah you're normally I'm um, probably home 10 15 20 minutes half an hour and then I'll go and talk to her and so I say right tomorrow <laughs> wait she's starting today let's do this differently and what then then happens is they're showing to their wife, their significant other, that 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 other person is really important to them. And that one simple thing can start to shift the energy in a relationship. So my ideal is when a couple tells me, especially if they've been working together in the business, like that. the absolute highlight is when I see that he has fallen back in love with her. And she is on the receiving end of his love and adoration. And she's then reciprocating it back again. So that's, yeah, that's my super happy place. It is. And I'm just smiling because you do help people
1: tap back into their love, but you're not like a divorce marriage coach. You're actually coaching men. And that is when I think of you, because you and I have known each other for, I don't know, seven or eight years or so. I do re- I do remember that, you know, coaching high performing men, you know, um, in, in that workspace is kind of what you do. And I love that you're now also helping, um, couples who have businesses. So let's talk about that a little more. What tips do you have or, um, you know, what, what lessons have been learned by others, uh, for our listeners that are in a business and they're a couple, like they're married or in partnership and they have a business together. So it's that double whammy. Do you have any specific tips for them?
0: Mm. So sometimes you have to create separation between the business and your relationship. So uh, one of the chapters in the book is that there's you, there's me, and there's the relationship itself. And when you have a business, that's another entity that you're trying to manage. So the business needs your attention. You need to give yourself attention. Your partner needs to give you attention. And your your actual relationship has to receive attention as well. So one of the things is to create a date night. So when I coach couples in business, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether I'm coaching the man or the or them as a couple, I will always be asking questions about when was the last time you went on a date, like a proper date where you rang the doorbell and asked her. You know, asked her to, to go out or vice versa. Sometimes it can be the woman is asking the man out on a date. So there's this whole thing about let's put the romance back in. Let's put fun and play back in for your relationship. So sometimes too, I coach the women. I don't, I don't have the men in the room and I only coach the women. And for women, it's often about restoring their self esteem because they've been everything to everybody and lost sight of who they are. And then when we can have conversations where, you know, I'll say, when was the last time you bought some sexy underwear? This is your task for this week. Take him underwear shopping with you. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. So, you know, it's just shifting the paradigm about the comfortableness that we get in. For me, I'm going to interject. As long as the underwear is for her and
1: not for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, for her, because yes, th- yeah, that's for what her to feel yes. whatever. If she wants to feel sexy and empowered, not like, do you know what I'm saying? And I think other yes. people in the audience might. So I'm just going to ask that question because that was my response was
0: like, oh, so we can make the man happy. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is about her feeling sexy in her own body and comfortable in her own body. And then for him to see her in that way. Of being comfortable in her own body, mm-hmm. and it's her choice. If he likes the whatever number <laughs> and she likes this one, she trumps <laughs> because it's about her. So this shopping experience could go either way. It could go either way, or if they could. It could, and this has happened with clients where she has said, "You know what? I didn't feel comfortable taking him, so I went on my own because I wanted to make sure that it was my choices." Nice, and I'm good with that right? It's because it's about empowering her. So what, what does it take for that to happen? For her to find her own voice, her own style, her own personality and say, this is, this is what I feel good in. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic, right? It is. Send us a message
1: if that resonates with you, anybody. Yeah. Um, okay. So for the business owners, so we we've got the, the date thing possibly the underwear thing, but also do you, do you encourage them to like not talk about, you know, cause I, I imagine it's so easy to talk about business like 24 seven,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but hard not to, you know, do is that one of your things you get them to try to just go on a date and maybe make it not business orientated? A hundred percent.
0: Yes. And look, sometimes I set a challenge because if they're really enme- enmeshed in the business, it's like, I'm going to challenge you to see if you can not talk about the business for 10 minutes. And 10 minutes is such a short space of time. But you'll be amazed at how often the thoughts of, oh, I meant to tell him that or I need to ask her that. Um, That happens on dates. So and then it's not about making them wrong. It's Mm. about going, yes, we made it for 10 minutes. And then you're growing it for longer periods of time. And if the business stuff does come up, it's about the boundaries around saying, thank you for sharing that with me let's talk about that tomorrow when we're not on our day so it's yeah. not a blaming shaming it's just acknowledging oh, okay we got to we got this far in and let's see now let's reset and see if we can go you know how far can we go before it pops up again so yeah it's just, we've got to retrain ourselves to have a life and a business at the same time
1: what about that thing with couples you know in terms of you know there's that um Saying, you know, one person might be the saver and one might be the spender or whatever. What about money when it comes to couples in business? Do you have guidance for them around that? Mm. And in terms of business growth, investing in the business, etc.
0: Sure. Well, I will make a massive disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. Neither. Right. So <laughs> as long as we say that. But I have a personal belief that women should always have their own money and men should have some of their own money too. So that there's a, there's the business accounts, there's the relationship accounts or the household accounts, and then there's his bank account and her bank account. And nobody has dibs on, nobody can say you should be spending the, your money on this thing. It's yours alone, it's yours alone. So that's my personal belief. Um, because I think you need to have some money that you don't have to justify in any way. Um, and then again you know like I said I'm not a financial advisor I believe in using experts to guide you so if you need to the financial conversations should be had with your accountant or with a financial advisor that understands what your goals are and how you can um, achieve them as the business is your vehicle to achieving them does that make sense it really does. A-
1: and yeah, I like the idea of having this separate, like separate account. I mean, I have my business account and I love it because I can just be like, oh, I want to sponsor this. Like I'm sponsoring the NZDSOS. I want to sponsor this. So I want to buy that for my business or go out for lunch with someone. It's like, it's nice to just do, you know, have be empowered. It's coming back always to being empowered, making empowered choices and taking intentional actions. So that's great. All right. So before we go to the questions, that I'm going to ask everybody, uh, that I ask all my guests. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about your book or any other
0: tip that you wanted to share? Sure. Um, So this whole concept of being better together, Mm -hmm. it's not about being the best. It's just incremental (laughs) betterness, if that makes sense. Because the more you start making yourself wrong or setting targets that are too big or too much, then that's when the disempowered state will kick in, the fear will kick in. And look, let's be real. Everybody has fear. I have fear. I'm sure you do too, Nat, from time to time. Um, It's part of life. And fear tells us that we've reached a limit of what we feel comfortable with. It doesn't mean you can't go past that limit. It's there to help us, so but we don't want to spend too much time in that place because we the emotion is action and motion. So we need to be moving through the fear and out the other side. So you know, better, better, better is good enough. You know, I, I think a lot of people, especially women, have the story of I'm not good enough for whatever reason. Well, you are. You just by being here, being a human being, you are enough but we've got stories in our background that says we're not. So the better for me, the being better together is about just constantly striving to bring your best at whatever level that is for you. And, you know, some people will have a tidy house. That's how they bring their best. Other people, the, the house is that, not important. Their best is in another activity. So that's me. Work. I'm the. My house is not tidy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But look how amazing you are as a radio host, <laughs> and you're, you know, you're always empowering women that and helping people to be the best version that they can be. So yeah, who cares if you don't have a tidy house? It, it's only a problem if you care, and it's getting in the way of you being the best at what you, you know, what you're really here to do. I'm sure your job on earth is not to have the tidiest house. Otherwise, everybody else will be missing out on the gifts that you have. (laughs) Definitely not. So being better
1: together is not about being the best. Great. I'm I'm glad that you highlighted that. That's, it's good. Um, Okay. So what is one thing you've done in the last year where you truly
0: upped your brave? So I said to my partner recently, I want to be a best-selling author. Best-selling author. And I had never said that out loud to anybody before. So it was something that I've been dreaming about probably for 30 years. Can I ask why? Yeah. Like meaning, what does that mean to you is what I mean. What that means to me is... I've spent my entire life, my earliest ever memory is with my dad at the library with a huge stack of books, trying to lift them up onto the counter so that the librarian could scan them out. Books have been such an integral part of my life. And with a book, you can impact somebody that you don't even know. And people can be impacted by people that they don't know. So I see books as my friend. Um, they they're they're wisdom that I would not have come to on my own. So by by being a best selling author, it means you're making a bigger impact in the lives of people. The ripple effect is bigger. So that's yeah, that's why a best selling author for me
1: what a cool story my
0: goals yeah yeah i've got so many books that have helped me at times in my life when i really needed to see Mm. that message and that's yeah they've made an impact i would like to pass that on to others
1: Speaking of books, I'll do a little yeah. shout out to our audience. If anyone has a book that has like significantly influenced their life, um, I might read out a list of, or you know, a couple every time I do a show. If somebody sends me a message, let me know what book has massively impacted your life. Um, you, can, you can tell us why or just tell us the title of the book, 2057 on the text. Do you have a book that's massively impacted your life?
0: Yes. So Louise Hay is one of my favorite authors, Louise L. Hay. She's passed away now, um, but there was she's got a little book called Heal Your Body. Mm-hmm. And in my 20s and 30s, I suffered incredibly badly with endometriosis. But I learned that my body was telling me messages that I just didn't know how to interpret. And with Louise's book, it became the translator for me to understand why I was experiencing that pain or, um, you know, that ailment in some way. And I literally, I would, I spent hours divulging, you know, reading that book and, uh, seeing things like, okay, left ear pain means X. And this is what I can do about it. And so through that whole process, I've started to understand myself so much more. So she has a publishing house, Hay House Publishing. Um, and that one book, she's got lots of, had, she's, she wrote lots of books, but that one book really transformed my entire life. And I live pain-free now. So it was amazing. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of, you know, holistic
1: health, but also understanding the, the body, like the body talking to you and sending messages and... Um, So I love that concept. Thank you for highlighting that. Okay, the bucket list. Hmm. What is one thing you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with?
0: Okay, so one of my favorite authors as well, another one, is Marianne Williamson. So she wrote a book called Return to Love, and she also wrote a poem that is often cited as being part of Nelson Mandela's inaugural speech. It actually wasn't part of the speech, but she talks in that poem about our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure and that it's our light, not our darkness that frightens us. We so, are powerful beyond measure. We don't even oh, know how to half of it. Exactly, exactly. So she's really, again, you know, one of those authors that truly inspires me and I would love to meet her. Okay. So if anyone's got connections to Marianne Williamson, did I say it right?
1: Yes. Then get yes. in touch with Gaylene. How do we get in touch with you? How can we connect with you online? And what is coming up for you in the next few months?
0: Mm. So you can connect with me online at my LinkedIn profile. So it's currently still under my old name as in I'm transitioning. <laughs> um, so Nat, were you, do I need to read it out for you? Yes. Read it out. It will also be on the replays page, but most people
1: will be listening to this on the radio and they're not, you know, they'll go and look it up later. Can they type in Gaylene Adams Wood on yes. LinkedIn?
0: Yes, they okay. can. And um, also Gaylene Adams Love. I think the algorithm will start to change on that shortly. So try, it. Both. Try, try both. Try both. Gaylene, G-A-E-L-E-N-E? Yes, that's okay. right. Amazing. So that's LinkedIn. What about a website? On my website, teamfusion.co.nz. You can okay. And socials? Socials, uh, Facebook. Again, type it in as Adams Wood because I'm still transitioning. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter. I don't go there very often, to be fair. And that's also awesome. Instagram. It, on Instagram, Team Fusion?
1: No, Instagram, Gaylene Adams Wood still. Got it. Okay, we'll look for you in all the places. We will have the links for you guys and a little mini bio. So to remind you about Gaylene's extensive background um, and we'll have that on the replays page. All you need to do, by the way, to check out the replay, um, if you're having to listen to this in the car and then suddenly you can't finish it or whatever, you can go to realitycheck.radio, click on replays, scroll down to the bottom. You'll see the Up Your Brave show. Click on that. And then you just go and look for Gaylene's lovely photo and you can listen again. Uh, While you're there, you can check out a couple of other different topics. We've got
0: tons. So what is coming up for you in the next few months? Mm. So we've been developing a business, my business partner, Della Hoekstra, and I have been developing a workshop called Couples in Business Weekend Retreat. So it is designed primarily for couples, but we are also adapting it so that on the day where we truly focus in on the couples we also have an individual program available so if you don't have a significant other or a business partner then there's still things for you to be doing during that day so um yeah the couples and business weekend retreat is one of the things that is coming up in the next few months
1: do we know when it is
0: Oh well, yes, kind of, because we we actually set one in October, but it got booked out. So we will have to
1: be confirmed.
0: Yes, to be confirmed. But (laughs) just contact us on the Team Fusion website, and we can tell you when the next one is coming. And I
1: did do an interview with Dawa Hugstra. We've known each other for many years, and we've done a few um, interviews and, and stuff over the years. So I interviewed him not so long ago. We talked about. Um, mindset and all sorts of things like that. Um, He's talking about loving your business as well. So you guys can listen to that on the replays page as well. So couples in business, weekend retreat, date to be confirmed. But if you want to find out about it, get in touch with Gaylene. Amazing. Um, Before we wrap it up, Gaylene, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today?
0: It comes back to the Marianne Williamson um, quote. That we are powerful beyond measure and we can make a massive difference in the world. Business is a vehicle, but it's not the only way. And the better we are, the, better we, uh, the, the bigger impact we can make. So as you grow your business, you can impact more people, more families. And, you know, I was talking yesterday with a client and we were talking about purpose you have to know what your real purpose is beyond all the superficial stuff. Like what is the thing that truly drives you? And if you're not clear on what that is, then let's talk because I'm super good at helping people identify their why. And once you have that, you have power beyond measure because you become unstoppable. So that's the that's the message. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gaylene. Thank you, Nat. That's such an amazing opportunity. I've loved being with you
1: today. And thank you everyone for listening. That was Gaylene Adams-Wood and talking about better together in business and in love.
0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.